Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of Adela Marcy Unplugged. I'm your host with the most, Adela Marcy. Today we're sponsored by purelyhosting.com forward slash Adel. Go get your shared hosting on there. Also sponsored by adelamarcy.com. You guys can go check out my stuff, blog posts, more podcasts, and other crazy shit that we're doing there. And also trafficandfunnels.com. We've got the other guy that owns trafficandfunnels.com uh, on the show today. Chris, thank you for being here, dude. Thanks for having me, man. The sexiest guy from Traffic and Funnels. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I'm not even going to deny Sexiest Sorry, and smartest. Sorry, Taylor. He's he's just whooping my ass right now. So uh, he's kind of <laughs> taking all the titles from your ass. Taking them. Just taking them. Dominating. Em. Like we're in the octagon. Oh, straight up. Thing is, you and I have not spoken in God knows how long, but we've been friends. And this is going to scare – it scares me just thinking about yeah. this. We've known each other since I was 19. Wow. Yeah. And it's I'm been turning, a minute. Dude, I'm turning 27 in two, two weeks and two days. So How let, is that even possible? <laughs> yeah. Think about that for a minute. In 16 days, we would have known each other for eight years. Holy smokes. Crazy. Yeah, that's that's insane. I might need to sit down for that one. Wow, are you not already sitting down? Are you standing? Are you I'm standing up, man. I got a stand-up desk. I'm like professional now. <laughs> He's like, I'm high I tech. Can, just uh, <laughs> high tech. Stand-up desks, bitches. Yo, can you hear me so? Sorry. Yes. Cool. Sorry, I didn't know if we uh, cut out for a second, but cool. So guys that don't know who Chris is, um, just I'm just going to do a quick little intro and let you do your own thing in a second. But like Chris and I have known each other for a while, and he hooked up with a guy called Taylor Welch who had on the show as well. Taylor's a good friend as well. By the way, kick his ass for me. Tell him he needs to send me that damn video. It's I've been waiting for a while now. He's like, I will. He's like, I need to send you a video testimonial. I was like, do it. It's like, just remind me. Remind him all the time. It's funny. But Taylor and I, um, I don't know how y'all hooked up, but I'm glad that you did. So I remember him mentioning you, and I was like, that's a good that's a good teamwork right there because both of you are so amazing at what you do. And um, we, I, I can't remember how we met. I think we met on IMSF. I think that's where we met, didn't yeah, we? Yeah, probably. Yeah, Internet Marketing Super Friends. We became friends, and we uh, I think our love of MMA basically drove our friendship for a very long time. Yeah. That and business. Yeah, we, um, man, it's, it's crazy how many people that I've met on, on the old Facebooks. Yeah. It's been fun, though. It's been a long time. So what, do you, what have you been up to? How did you, like, get into traffic and, well, trafficandfunnels.com? How did that come about? Yeah, we, um, well, I'd connected with Taylor, um, you know, shoot, what was it, like a year and a half ago, two years, almost two years ago, um, seeing a lot of cool stuff that he was doing. And then we just started kind of wrapping back and forth. He found out I was doing a lot of paid traffic infrastructure, kind of setting up a lot of evergreen funnels for for some big peeps in the industry. And um, man, just really connected. Like we just kind of gelled and he's like, man, we should partner together and, and do something together. And uh, at that point, he was just doing his client stuff, uh, working, writing copy and building funnels and kind of going beast mode on kind of the uh, old ask funnel method on steroids, if you will. Yep. And um, it just seemed like it makes sense because I was really heavy on the paid traffic, um, lead gen stuff. So it was like peanut butter and jelly, you know, uh, for us to connect. And I think we were at that point, we had come to a place where we were kind of both tired of um, the ups and downs of client work and wanted to build something that we put our energy on the having the front and back both covered um and just take that to market and really scale our our business our revenue our income and so that's when we really decided to jump in and, and launch traffic and funnels um 
And so we went from doing client work, doing taking our, our skill and our knowledge and actually hands-on building stuff for people, running traffic, to more the consulting side, uh, which is way more leveraged. And there's just massive, massive opportunity for that, as, as I'm sure you know, um, in generating you know, lots and lots of cash without having to have all the weight of the responsibility on your shoulders. You know, it's a more yeah. done with you type strategy as opposed to done for you. Yeah, don't get me wrong. I love done for you because you can charge a lot more money, but after a while, it just wears on you. It just becomes like, and the other side of like, um, well, done for you, as you know. By the way, guys, I'm not bagging on done for you. Like, you can definitely go ahead and still do done for you. It's a brilliant way of making money and a great way of actually, you know, finding peeps and contacts. But you know this better than I do, uh, as well as I do as well, Chris, is when you finish with one client, you usually have like a lull or you have like referral setup. But once you finish the end of your like referral track, you're kind of like, okay, I made all this money, but I want more clients. Now I've got to go back to the beginning. So you either you have to like juggle between headhunting for new clients and keeping the work coming in simultaneously. It becomes a general yeah. gap that just becomes tiresome after a while. Yeah, it really does. Um, and once you do sign those clients, it can, it can be pretty intense, you know, because then you have all that fulfillment. Yeah. And so really one of the things that we teach is kind of the 80-20 principle where you you are able to set up and establish a system where you have clients and opportunity come into your business every day. So you don't have to spend so much time, um, you know, doing that every day as well as actually delivering the service. Because you're right, man, like to client business can be a great business, especially if you're starting out or if you want to add another channel of revenue to your business. Um, but when you're having to fight on both fronts where you're delivering and also trying to keep that business coming in, um, if you're always, if you're continually dealing with the inconsistency, it's hard to build people around you and be able to finance that, you know, to, to grow and ex extend your, your tent pegs, if you will, um, and actually grow something that you love. And it's not just a job like you were saying. Yeah. I, I agree. It becomes such a pain in the ass. Yeah. <laughs> but, hey, I mean, the way that you guys have actually got it, it's amazing like, how you guys have got it all set up. So um, you essentially just kind of, you guys literally just take on consulting clients now and make their lives yeah. easier, make your own lives easier. Yeah. Yeah, we um we we came out of the, the gate like and just blew up. Yeah, um, like gangbusters. We, we were... Yeah, we were doing a hundred grand in revenue pretty much within ninety days of starting our business, um, and I attribute that to just really focusing and honing in on one offering, one product. You know, my a lot of my background is is the info publishing business. Um, I've been in the trenches. I've run traffic. I've built funnels. I've been in Infusionsoft. I've written copy, sales pages, like kind of the whole nine. Um, and so I understand that game very, very well. I understand how to create a product, how to launch. I mean, I've been involved in multiple seven figure launches for legit people. And so I understand that process of going out and creating an info product, a hundred bucks, 500 bucks, a thousand, 2000, whatever. But we decided to kind of reverse and, and turn the tables and go what we call the Tesla method. Um, where starting out, we didn't have, I didn't have an email list. I think Taylor had like 140 people on his email list. We didn't have a social following. You know, we're, I think we're respected in our circles, um, in the marketing world, but 
other than that, we didn't have a you know any assets to go to. And so the quickest way for us to accelerate and get to market and start making a lot of money was pay traffic. And so no matter if you're running to sell a hundred dollar product, info product, or a ten thousand dollar client business, mostly it's gonna cost you about the same to get a lead. Yeah. And it's gonna be a pretty close range, you know. Um so what we did is we said, hey, let's go higher price, high value, and get that big money. So that's going to give us a lot bigger margin for error on our paid traffic, which was able to accelerate us so fast. You know, when we're charging seven grand for one client, it's a lot easier to acquire a client in that case as opposed to $1,000, $500 or whatever, which most people do in the marketplace. So it just changed the game for us, was able to, for us to really to cash flow our business pretty heavily um, and go out and buy clients without having any following, you know, any of that stuff, um, which really was a rocket for us. Yeah, that's kind of, that's incredible. Like, do you guys actually teach that system as well? Or is it just completely 100% just come to us, we take care of it? Yeah, we teach that. Um, and so, you know, that's what the reason why we call it the Tesla method, because that's what Elon Musk did. Essentially, we didn't know about it until after we had started, you know, because when he was selling the Teslas, I guess like one hundred thirty thousand dollars or something for a Tesla, you know, like his when he first came out selling Teslas. And the reason why is because he needed that cash to go like high level so he can fund the rest of the business. And so now as you see what he's doing is he's selling $60,000 cars and $30,000 Teslas. And that's exactly the process that we're going through. We've been able to really bring in a lot of cash and be really um, cash rich in our business. Continue doing what we're doing with our our higher priced um, packages. But now what we're doing is we're kind of going back to our volume game. And that's offering like a a 2K info product. Um, That's kind of like a merger between both. Um, which I think is going to be really unique to the industry that a lot of people haven't seen and they're not doing. And so now we have the cash to go out and really develop that out and and bring on some some really solid people to help us um, actually launch that. And so that's why we call it the Tesla method to where, you know, go out, get something that's a higher, higher base fee, um, be really cash rich, you know, for your business and then start developing your more scale type products and offerings, uh, which will now at this point, you have a lot more cash to, to have error in your business. You know, when you're figuring things out, testing and all the crap that comes along with, you know, this business, it's a lot safer. So you're stacking, you know, the odds in your favor in that situation. Yeah, That's a great way of doing it. Like that is actually genuinely amazing. You like it. Sorry, I'm actually taking all of this in. You, you got to realize, like, this is just such a brilliant way of actually thinking because it makes it makes the the because uh, again, I, you and I actually did meet when you were writing copy for one of the clients. I remember because um, we, you and I, used to like ping pong copy against each other all the time. Like, I'd pass you some stuff, you pass on, pass me back some uh, critiques, and we do the same back and forth. This method makes life like a million times easier. Yeah, just so yeah. much easier. So kind of like jumping off of that because there is the love of MMA and of course UFC 203 just finished up a couple of days ago uh, before shooting this show. Probably come out around in a couple of weeks' time. But um, by the way, if you're thinking, is that a baby? No, that's my cat. <laughs> he, he's an asshole. Everyone on the show, the co-pilot has woken up and he's being a dick. 
he's seen some birds, so yeah, that's what he does. Um, I've just got to the point where I don't even edit him out anymore. I'm like, you know what? Screw it. He's on the show. Just put him on there. But what I was going to say was... Let's go. Yeah, so I was going to say, so what's interesting to me, especially with, oh, I found with a lot of marketing geniuses uh, like yourself, we tend to be like fight fans. Have you noticed that as well? Huh. Like, look at the... Yeah, I've noticed that there are quite a few. Yeah, and you can actually equate a lot of, a lot of what happens in fighting as marketing. So I love watching the UFC. Yeah. I love watching the way the UFC and uh, like a lot of people say, "Oh, the UFC is amazing because of blah." No, the UFC is amazing because they make you believe it's amazing. Because mm. like prior to UFC acquiring Strikeforce, believe it or not, Strikeforce had a better division in some weight classes. Yeah. What happened there? They bought them out. They took over their marketing. They put the production value up, and next thing you know, it's amazing. The only right. thing is Bellator's actually got, uh, Bellator's finally got a decent marketer behind their helm, Scott Coker. Now you see Bellator coming up. Yeah. And the thing that's interesting too is they're starting to acquire talent. Like they're scooping up the people that, you know, the UFC can't come to a deal with, like Rory McDonald. Yep. Ben Henderson, Rory McDonald. That's a big acquisition. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, they also had, what's his name? Phil Davis. Rory McDonald, uh, Ben Henderson, Josh Thompson. Yep. These are just a few of like elite level guys, and they're getting paid more because their sponsorships aren't being affected by the Reebok deal. Which I have to ask you, what's your take on that? Um, from a marketing, I, perspective, you know, I think it's from a marketing perspective. Well, it, it keeps people talking, right? Like, there's like always ongoing controversy. You know about it you know with the fighters and now there's all this talk about you know a fighters union and a lot of that stems i think from having the reebok deal shoved down their face um so you know that's always something that's that's in the news and it's it's something that gets attention which is really interesting to take note of um i understand like they're trying to go more mainstream and and being more uniform but i think the fighters are definitely getting the, the raw end of that deal um money wise but the end of the day if more people come to the ufc and and it does go more mainstream that opens up opportunity you know i kind of i kind of decided on both from as a guy that used to fight i kind of have to admit i see that where they're going about this but at the same time the ufc kind of fed their fighters if you get what i mean like mm-hmm before the Reebok deal, and uh, I'm going to, I'm going to equate how this actually all plays out in marketing and how you guys can get like a valuable lesson out of this. And I'm sure Chris will um, definitely give his insight on this. But if you look at a guy like Conor McGregor, or a guy like Anderson Silva, or George St. Pierre, or even the Chuck Liddell, right? All these guys were some of the highest paid athletes in their eras and their times, right? Mm-hmm. Reason being... They drummed up the business by bringing people. They brought asses on seats, one way or another. Yeah. GSP with his technical mastery and advancement of like how he basically neutralized every opponent. Anderson Silva with his ability to highlight real knock you out and put you in his books as one of the best ever. Liddell with his ridiculous, you know, uh, sprawl and brawl style. McGregor with his like huge talking and backing it up and getting into his opponent's head. All these things kind of like. After the Reebok deal, if you go back, if you've made the Reebok deal retroactive to the old times, you'll find the elite wouldn't complain, but the lower tier guys would complain. 
right? Yeah. Because they're only getting paid way less than they did back then. Um, right now, they're getting paid more today than the older fighters did back then. Like, if you're a mid-card fighter, same thing. And the reason behind it is quite simply this. Uh, the UFC, for a very long time, actually funded, uh, through sponsorships and whatever, they funded a lot of guys' lifestyles and um, training regiments, in the sense of, like, they gave them a lifestyle as a fighter. Because, how do I put this nicely? What the UFC did was, if you could, if you could get asses on seats, they would reward you. So the older guys, they could sit cushy and not have to go ahead and market and promote themselves. They just had to get in the, into the cage and fight. That's all they had to do, right? And be spectacular mm -hmm. and then hopefully get a push from the UFC brass and be taken up because of, you know, something crazy they did. Now you have guys like Connor. Now you have guys like, I can't remember who it is. He's an Oriental. Uh, I don't even know if it's Oriental is a, is a racist term anymore. He's a dude from the far. <laughs> I think he's from Japan. I think it is. Yeah. I'm in England. Asian. Yeah, well, technically I'm Asian, but still, Asia's a big place. Um, yeah. Okay, Far East Asian, that dude, uh, I think he's from Japan. I don't know who he is, but he's like a really prolific fighter. He's 25 years old, absolutely prolific. I think he, he's a bit of a playboy. It's hilarious. That guy, he's getting paid more money than a lot of people in his weight class and with his experience. And the reason being is he's putting asses in seats. Mm -hmm. So the way I'm equating this right now is if... Um, the Reebok deal actually kind of evens out on how many asses and seats you put in. It makes it more apparent, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. Whereas before, the UFC would kind of like, okay, cool, you know, here's some money, show money, we, we appreciate you, we get that you're a struggling fighter. If you look at it against boxing versus MMA, yes, boxing has far more money, but boxing actually did, a, like, their low, a lower tier or a mid-tier fighter in MMA would make more money than a mid-tier or lower-tier boxer. Mm. Now that's changed because now they've got the they've got this Reebok deal in and it could potentially work out better for them, could work out worse. How does this affect your marketing? Because I am getting to that. Quite simply, you, it, it's the same thing that you guys did. You had, known, you had respect in your industry, but you didn't really have a big, sizable list. Yeah. You know, you said yourself you had no list. Taylor had a list of about 170. How did you guys go from that to doing? Uh, I think you guys are on point for this this year to do 1.8 or 2 million. What was it? I know it's 1. Point something. Yeah, year. right now we're probably 1.3 is what we're on pace to do. 1. At least I, that's worst case scenario. Yeah, 1.3 is the minimum, and that that in itself just shows you how quickly, in like what 18, 19 months, nearly 24, 24 months by the end of this year give or take, you guys would have broke over a million dollars. Companies can't do that in a couple of years. Most startups never get to that point, and most entrepreneurs don't get past five figures in a year. So you guys doing it with practically no list, with a little bit of recognition, just joining forces, incredible. The way you guys did it, in my opinion, you can tell me if I'm, you know, I'm off here, is you guys marketed and put asses in seats your own way. And your asses in seats uh was, hey, pay attention to us. Absolutely. Yeah, you're you're right on 100% on. And the thing about it is, which is interesting, you know, going back to the UFC thing is that's what we focused on. We focused on having a message and like those guys like, you know, it, it made me think about Rampage Jackson, yeah. you know, as the UFC used to buy him cars and all kinds of stuff. And so he was able to focus on being just a beast and the celebrity in, in the sphere and, you know, putting those those seats in those people in, the, in their seats and 
So it's the same thing with us. And I think for any business that wants to be successful or they want to grow, like we actually started the end, like last year, like Taylor and I knew each other before that, but we started together the end of last year. So we haven't even been a full year working on this business yet. And we went full time January of 2016. And in our first full month of focus, being really honed in on on just this one message that we have and and focusing again on getting the right people in front of this message and, and knowing and understanding their emotions and their pains and you know all the stuff that goes into what copywriters need to know um it's just dynamite and so when you can do that you can focus on the right thing and not be distracted by so many other things so many other elements so many things that really don't matter the technology websites blogs all this kind of stuff but you just really hone in and focus on the the one thing and that's getting someone from a decision of where they're at understanding their pain you know helping them believe what you need them to believe to better their life better their business and then getting them to basically swipe that credit card give you money whatever it might be that's the quickest way to get from zero to hundred grand a month or whatever it is for you and your business. But what we see so many times is people are just so distracted by crap that doesn't matter. Yep. You know, they're, they're trying to build a blog and they're trying to do all these old school things and the opportunity that is available for anybody, right? For anybody that has an expertise or actual skill that they can bring value to someone is unbelievable because right now I can go out and get this beautiful face of mine, <laughs> In Not front of anybody, you know, basically the world with pay traffic and all the stuff that's available. So it's about understanding the opportunity too and just dialing into that and making it happen. Oh, for sure. I mean, you guys are amazing at what you do. Now, I'm going to go ahead and just say uh, for anyone that's kind of like, yep, Adel posts on his blog. Yes, I actually post on my blog because I like writing. There's a difference. Yes. You don't see me out there like, all right, I'm posting a blog. I'm going to send traffic to it and all this. Honestly, I, I have my own viewership because people like what they read on my site. Yep. My, my blog is clearly, uh, if you read it, it's just essentially an existential, um, it's more of an FAQ of where I get asked a shitload of questions or I host my podcasts because people go, hey, where can we go check out your podcast? All this other I'm like, it's on my blog. I, pay tra- uh, I use some paid traffic for you know, my podcast to get out there, but realistically... It's its own thing. And something that I am going to be moving towards uh, that's more of an exclusive for the show is I'm taking a step away from client work right now. Um, as mm. of October 1st, I'm going to be working with only a select few number of clients and working more towards not just consulting, but more of my information business side of stuff. Because like, yep. honestly, a paid newsletter is what I've had in mind for about a year and a half now. I've written yeah. up all the issues. I just need to get it out there. And yeah. what am I going to do? I'm going to use paid traffic. And who am I going to use if I need to actually use that? Uh, these two fuckers. Because why the fuck not? Because <laughs> they're amazing what they do. Yeah. Dude, a blog's great. It's it's a great platform. We have a blog. You know, yeah. we, especially Taylor, he's more so of a writer than I am. I'm more, you know, visual and video and, and audio. Um, and spur of the moment, just pull out the gold. Um, so we have a blog and the blog is great. But... Some people think that that's what they need to no. grow a business. You don't. It is yeah. a great asset to your business. You can go check ours out. And we actually send traffic to our blog because you know there's a lot more strategy there. But um, and just going deeper, you know, like what you said with you know you have an audience 
that loves what you say and the things that you are about. And that right there is extremely, extremely valuable. Um, and I think that is the shift that we're coming into to where before is like the old school direct style method of marketing, which there's definitely absolutely still a place for that. You know, that's who we are at the heart, but it's understanding the sophistication level of the various markets that, that are out there and that you might be in. So you know, attention and loyalty and trust and rapport is currency now. Like that's the shift. And so that's something that we are also moving into to where we've been like minimal viability, been able to build a really successful, not only successful where we've made, you know, hundred grand in a month type business, but our profit margins are very high, which is very uncommon. So like kind of bootstrap one simple funnel. Now we're going a lot more intense to where we can just add on top of that and scale with the trust factor, the rapport and building that audience, you know, cause we we're going from like pretty much straight up cold traffic. <laughs> Someone doesn't know us, you know, they come in, they're like, Holy crap, man. I didn't know this was possible for my business. They book a time to talk with us all seems right. And then if it does, and you know, they might get an offer to, to be a part of what we're doing at a you know pretty high price of yeah. upwards of like eight grand. Mm-hmm. So we turned that around pretty quick, you know, within, they didn't know me from Adam you know, yesterday. They see my ad, they go through my webinar and they book a time with us. And many, many times, you know, they're a client within seven days. That's what you're doing. That's the, that's the possibility. So what's your, have now. what's your vetting, uh, what's your vetting system like? Um, basically we put people through just a, a short questionnaire. We want to know about their business, how long they've been in business, what their revenue is. But we also ask some psychologically based questions. We want to know, are they going to be even cool to work with? Or do they think they're like, you know, they have a big ego because obviously someone with a big ego, they're never going to take responsibility and they're just going to be a pain in the ass. <laughs> so, you know, if someone, I understand if someone is a producer, they, they kill and knock out of the park, but when they're coming into our game in our world, they got to be able to, you know, we just get down to business, you know, cause we're all about getting results. So, um, you know, it's those kind of questions that ask, you know, are you willing to invest in your business? Um, what, what makes you different from other people that might be applying to work with us and just see how they answer. You know, some people are like, well, I would be asking you the same question, you know, in that situation, those people typically are not going to be a good client. They're going to be a pain. And so that's the beauty of this method and this system too, is you get to pick and choose. You know, you're creating so much opportunity for yourself um, by using paid traffic and all the things that we do by every single day, we just have opportunity. So it's not like, Oh my God, I need a client right now. It's like, who can I work with that I love and I can help get big results for yep. rather than being scarce. It's not really scarcity marketing rather. It's well, what's the old phrasing? It's you're not chasing, you're attracting. So you're not, yep. you're not running after you're being pulled. People are being pulled towards you. The right yeah, people. Magnetic. Exactly. Yeah. Good old Dan candy phrasing. Old school. Oh, man, I really need to get a copy of that again because I've, I've lost my original copy of uh, Magnetic Marketing. Dude, I just got Breakthrough Advertising. That's the... In physical the, form. Yeah, Eugene <laughs> Schwartz, right? Yes. For a second, my brain was like blank. I was like, that's Gene stuff, right? Did you get it from uh, Brian? 
I did. Fucking awesome book. I've actually got that copy uh, sat oh. on, right. It's on my bookshelf. It's one of the books. I'm cool with lending any book to anyone at any time, except for that book. Not that one. No. I'm like, fuck you. I would much rather, like, I would fight you to the death for this book. <laughs> They're like, why? I was like, because it's the best. It, do you know how hard it is to find that book in physical form? Yeah. So and if you do, it's like $1,000. Minimum. I've seen it go for five grand before. Yeah. And it, again, to the right advertiser, they'll pay that. I mean, especially if it's an old, like, first edition version. Um, but uh, what was it called? Breakthrough Advertising, classic. But have you, have you read his other book? Um, Excellence in Advertising or something like that. No, I've heard of it. Oh, it's such a good book. That, in my opinion, Ugh. actually beats it. Really? Yeah. Uh, hold on. I'm going to find out what the actual t uh, book is. So, like, if anyone's listening for that, what is it? Um, on Eugene Schwartz books. He has two. It's Breakthrough Advertising and it's the other one. Um, man, you cannot type in, like, Eugene Schwartz in books because then, like, it brings up all his other books, like uh, How to Double Your Child's Grades, which, you know, mm. it's brilliant. Anyway, we're kind of getting off topic slightly. But going back to Gene, have you actually read through uh, Breakthrough Advertising yet? Like the physical version, and have you compared it to the digital version? I assume that you've read before. Yeah, I have. It's a uh, it's the one that you just you keep on your desk, yeah. and it's almost like a daily guide. It is, and I found it. It's the Brilliance Breakthrough. That's what it's called. Okay. Yeah, it public. Uh, the last one they had published was ninety four, and the subtitles: How to Talk and Write so that people will never forget you. Mm. it's such a good book I, it's something I might actually have to print off and read again because it's been such a long time um, I'm about to check that out man such a good book alright cool so kind of like diving into something a little bit more fun because uh, we have talked about this what's your rule on like what, what's your take on saving money for as an entrepreneur because there's a lot of people that we both know some people have this whole theory where it's like I, they, they do the Gary Halbert thing which is I'll make as much money as I need and I'll spend it all if I need to. Or, you know, they'll do the other person stuff, which is um, I put aside X amount a month as fuck you money and just work on, that's constantly what I do. I just constantly work and put money aside. What's your take? Um, my take is to be wise with the money. I think it's stupid to just go out and spend money and and say, hey, I can, I can just go make money if I need to. Because... I'm probably just because I'm a, a lot more strategic type of a thinker. You know, I'm looking at how can I create a system, create a method to bring in X amount of money, and then how can I flip that to make it passive, right? I can't make it passive if I don't have money to invest in either buying other companies or buying other products or, you know, things that I can bring in under my umbrella as an asset that's going to generate money, whether it's that or real estate or whatever. So if I'm out there just blowing money, you know, like whatever, uh, houses, boats, things that um, could potentially lose value or, you know, doesn't have any longevity, then it's to me, it just doesn't make any sense. Um, plus, I have a family, man. I've got four kids and I want to leave a legacy for them. Holy crap, and you got four kids? Four kids, dude. How, how old are they now? Like, what's the ages? 35. No, that age is not I, yours. I got, I got married when I was 22 and we had our first with, you know, I think 23. Okay, so um, one of them's twelve. So my oldest is twelve. She's gonna be a teenager next year. <laughs> Just unbelievable. Are you, you shipping it? <laughs> I'm getting yep. close to it, but she's great. She's such a great person. Um, she's really sweet. And then I've got three boys, so it's like constant 
UFC fight night at my house. Wait, how old um, your young? How how old young is your youngest? He's five. He'll be six in January. Holy crap, dude! And a seven-year-old and a ten-year-old. Man, that is insane. So, Y'all definitely yeah, they're all have great a big family, kids. don't you? <laughs> What's that? Everyone loves having a big family. I come from like a tiny family of me and my sister, and that's it. You know, me too. Like, I just I have an older brother. He's five years older than me. So, did he beat the fuck know. out of you as a kid? He did. Yeah. Usually. So it made me really tough. Like I could, I could take some punches, man. I used to be a fighter, and I guess I still am at heart. But in the business world, mm. I'm very, very tenacious. It translates. Yeah, it really does, and that might be why you know I'm so much in the UFC, but. Um, I mean, I'll fight to the death in, in the business world and with marketing and, and, you know, especially when you're trying to get that copy to work, like there's a lot of testing, like you have to figure it out. And so a lot of times in our, our business, we just have to take it down to the studs and, and really just fight. And it's just, it can be tedious and you just have to go in and just go back to it over and over and not be defeated. You know, and so many people, they are, they, you know, they, they tap out really quick instead of trying to get out of that guillotine. <laughs> you know what I mean? Oh, man. Um, and as you see, and you go back to UFC, a lot of times guys who can weather that storm or weather that hold, they end up getting out, and a lot of times you see them actually win the fight. Yeah, spoilers. Um, Alistair Overeem versus uh, Stipe. Stipe got mm. dropped, then got put into Alistair's guillotine, yep. which is no joke, by the way. Um, and then he gets out, and then he knocks out Alistair. And he keeps the title. Yeah, it's incredible. And saying that, though, like kind of jumping back to what you were just saying, it's true. Like what what strength you take from – if you're not a natural fighter, by the way, that's fine. You don't have to be. But like kind of talking from one fighter to another between Chris and I, it is essentially we are a warrior breed. We do not back away from challenge. If you're down the hole, mm-hmm. like you literally have – a, I don't know about you. I'm sure you've had this before, but I, you know I have. Um, I think everyone knows I have. Where I've literally had, I had to pay the rent the next day, and I'm down to the last hour. I'm calling every lead I have. I'm closing every deal I can. It's 3:39 a.m. or 3:59 a.m. over here in the UK. I'm talking to leads over in, uh, you know, over in Hawaii, in LA, in New York, just everywhere across the across the U.S. trying to get someone to say yes. They say yes, and the money hits my bank account right then. That I wake up the next morning, I pay my rent, I'm done. Yeah, but that's it. Like a lot of people I know, and a lot of people I've dated, unfortunately, they they're faced with situations like that or less harsh than that, and you see mm-hmm. them just give up. Like, what are you doing? Yeah. Why have you given up? Yeah, you know, I think one of the a, a big part of it is that we just we live in a world in a society to where we're conditioned for that. Yeah, what to give up you know, or to keep going. Yeah, it's like it, we are we're either told to not fail. Um, we're told to just, oh, it's okay, you know, you figure it out, you'll do something else, you know, whatever. Um, and it's like, no, like that's just not an option. And you know, especially when you put it in a place like that, you have to you have to figure it out. Like you you have to make it happen. I've definitely been in that position. I mean, I remember when I didn't have money to buy diapers for my for my son Jacob. And it's like, I'm just like, you know what, head down. I'm just going to grind and, and figure it out and get it done and make it happen. And when that's your mentality, you and, and that's, you do, you figure it out. You pay the rent, you buy the diapers. You, and that translates into bigger and bigger things as you grow. 
Yeah. I mean, I, I don't want to get religious on anybody right now, but there is something that you just reminded me of. And it's a religious thing. I learned it when I was studying like, Islam and stuff like that, especially from that. But I know it transcends all religions because I've seen it in other places. And that is the phrase, God will not put you through a test that he believes that you cannot conquer. Mm -hmm. He'll only put you through hell because he'll make you grow. And it's true. Yeah. Because like, think about all those times. Just, just imagine for a moment, you never had to struggle for anything your entire life. Yeah. A, how boring would your life be? And you'd be constantly looking for some sort of high to help you escape that. And B, imagine you're thrown into a harsh world one day. You ain't got no skills to survive. Yeah. It's why I'm right, really confident, whether it's me and you, I'm sure you're as confident as I am about this. If you took away yeah. everything we have today, the economy completely tanked, everything down, it literally went right down to brass tacks to the point where we're back in olden days with no computers we all our technology dropped back 300 years ago we're basically trying to survive these infrastructures that exist that like buildings and stuff but we don't have any electricity we don't have any of that stuff i can guarantee you, you between you and i i know we not even working together but separately we would actually become one of the wealthiest people in that time period because our skill set transcends the technology we, we use Absolutely. Or we'd find yeah. out a way to actually use, like, learn a craft in order to get us to the top. Yeah. it's Yeah, I think, it, just like you said, man, it, it ends up being a lot of mindset. You know, it's like understanding that you really can create your own path. No matter what the situation is, you create your own success. You know, you build your own house, so to speak. Um, instead of just, like, falling to whatever the situation is it's like no <laughs> i'm gonna freaking stand up and if i fall down i'll get back up over and over and that's just it like there are no other options just plow forward until you make it rain yep i will like little wayne yep pretty, well not so much like little wayne i'm hoping more like little dicky because i like little dicky have you actually had any little dicky stuff no, dude, it's. I'm not a big. I'm not a big hip hop. I'm more of a jazz guy. But sometimes I'll flip on the radio and. I'll tell you what. You know, a little this, way and beyond. Uh, after this, listen to a song called "Ex Boyfriend" by Lil, by Lil Dicky. He's a uh, white Jewish guy from uh, Cheltenham, Richmond. Uh, sorry, Cheltenham, uh, uh, Pittsburgh. Um, and his entire style. This guy was an accountant, by the way. They used to love making creative uh, videos for his account reports. And then yeah. he, this is talk about follow your bliss, right? He only did the accounts thing because his family wanted him to. So he did, mm. hated his job, but he did quite well. And then they put him in creative. Now, the place he worked was in uh, California. And the creative department put him in charge of the 2014 or 2013 NBA big um, campaign. He was the guy that ran that. Mm. He saved up his money. And then, like, unleashed a fury of music videos and, like, um, tracks that he did himself, just little raps and stuff. And they were really funny, like, just hilarious. And he goes, I like rap music as a way to improve my acting and comedy career. And then it became like, mm. a full-time career for him. Like, he has a song called Save That Money, which he made the entire rap video for free. And this is a rap video that, by the way, has, um, it has guest rappers on. He's in T-Pain's music video. He's in a mansion, in a yacht. He's got a Lamborghini, a club. And he didn't pay for any of it, by the way. 
because the way he did it was he asked people, like, hi, I'm making a music video for as little as possible. Can we use your house for 15 minutes just to shoot some footage? Yeah. And people did that. It's ridiculous. But um, he's a good guy. To, if Yeah, just as a rapping thing, it's brilliant. But kind of backing away from that, because there is something I did want to um, ask you. It's like two of my favorite questions to ask. The first is when you've been down, like really down to that point where, you know, you're down down to the wire and your confidence is completely like it's razor thin it, like just the littlest knock is just, could possibly shatter it how do you go back from that to having the confidence to move forward again like what was your what was mm. your thing that you did man honestly i'd probably say one of the biggest things then or any point where my confidence dips is one being surrounded by really good people that i can call and say dude this is what i'm going through and they're just kick, they either kick me in the ass, you know, or that, and they say, "Let's go, let's do it together, let's you know lock arms, just like my brothers, you know, in the battle." Um, so that's really important, man. I think surrounding yourself with really good people, and then just remembering a time when when I did have big wins and I did have big successes, and going back and building that confidence level, because a lot of times when your confidence is down, that's when a lot of other things fail. And so remembering things where that that you know really um, establish and reaffirm that you're a boss, right, and that you can make things happen, you can accomplish things. Just having that memory increases you know, your mindset about yourself, which builds your confidence, which builds momentum. You know, so those are probably two of the big things I'd say that's really really helped me personally. That's pretty awesome, dude. That's cool. So my other question for you, which, by the way, feel free to take your time answering, um, is what three pieces of advice would you give? And these are the these are the people. You can give one piece of advice to each of these. You can give them blanket piece of advice. It's up to you. But what advice would you give to someone that is in a current job right now and they want to they want to get out and become an entrepreneur and work for themselves? Um, someone that's stagnating and you know they're just plateauing, like they don't know how they can go even any further. They're comfortable, but they want something more. And the person that's basically, as we just described, the person that's kind of at that point where they're almost at breakthrough, but they haven't hit it yet. Like they don't know if they can they can make that jump. What three pieces of advice would you give to those people? So for the first one, um, I'd say find a mentor. Find a mentor doing exactly what you want to do, whether that's making five grand a month, ten grand a month, whatever it might be, and fight your way to have them mentor you. Now that could where it came from me in the beginning and probably for you as well, Adele is, um, info products, you know, finding people who had a process, a system to get from a to B. Um, so either one of those, but that's the quickest way having someone that can actually hold your hand and say, Chris, this is the wrong way to do it. This is the right way to do it. That's going to be more than anything else in the world. That's going to be the fastest way to accelerate you from a to B. You look at all the famous, UFC fighters, athletes, you know, all these guys have coaches. They have people who are their mentors and they're the best at the world of what they do. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, the person who is stagnant, I'd say the, probably the reason why they're stagnant is they don't have a definitive goal. They don't have a target. And so they have to define where they want to go. Right. That's something that we talk to a lot of clients. Like they come they're like, yeah, I want to make, you know, I don't know. I just want to, I just want to make more money. That's not good enough. 
<laughs> like you have to have like the bullseye to aim for. If you don't, then you don't know where to aim, right? Like you don't know what to shoot. If you don't want to shoot, you're going to lack clarity, right? Like you're just shooting all over the place. And so you're not going to actually end up somewhere. The bullet's not going to end up somewhere. It's not going to be effective. So it's identifying exactly where you want to go. And that could be a financial thing. That could be what you want in your life. You know, like you want more freedom or whatever it might be. And then at that point, understanding where you want to go, reverse engineering. Like working backwards from what it take would take to get there. It's like if I want to do 20 grand a month, which I know that's going to translate in me having freedom, spend time with my family, um, you know, whatever it might be. It's like, okay, I need to go out and get four clients a month at five grand. And then I just start engineering and going science on it, right? And just breaking down what it could take for me to get there, right? So that would be the second person. The third person, you said they feel what? The third person is they're close to a breakthrough, but they don't know mm. um, how to get there. Like they don't know if like can I make that jump to that breakthrough? Is it for me? Yeah. Third person, I would say keep failing, keep moving. Movement creates momentum, and when you stop moving, you stop taking action. The like there's the wind is blown out of your sails. Like there's nothing there, right? So you're not going to get anywhere. You can't steer that boat. So you know that movement creates that wind. And so for you to do that, like you might kind of go in circles. And that's why we go back to the first one where to avoid that, you have a mentor. You have someone that's been there before and that can say, oh, no, don't do that. That's like the worst thing you can do, which is a lot of times what we tell our clients because they're all over the place, you know, um, and they've been trying to do it on their own, but they haven't been able to get there. They haven't. We have one client who, you know, they were making seven grand a month. They have been, have been in business longer than us. And a lot of the reason is because they lack clarity. Right, they had so many things. There were so many rabbit trails they went down, um, and they finally got to us in their first month in like thirty grand wow. in revenue. <laughs> so, you know, yeah, you got to accelerate that um, and just keep pushing forward, man. Like the reason why I'm so good at Facebook ads is because I failed probably more than just about anybody. <laughs> so, yeah. um, you know that you know that goes for a copy, that goes for whatever. It's like yeah, I you mean, just keep going. Like, though, to be fair, saying that, um, I have to kind of admit that you do get anomalies like me from time to time. Like, the reason I'm good at copy isn't because I failed so many times, it's because I got really good at selling and testing. Yep. See, what I failed was door to door sales, but then I translated all that over to like writing. But still, yeah, well, well testing, you got to fail in testing to know what's the better way to go, right? Yep. It's always powerful. Dude, where can people actually go and get like some more info from you guys and really get to know you and like you know yeah. even work with you if they if they qualify? Yeah, we'll, we'll definitely check out our webinar. Um, some really great content. Trafficandfunnels.com, and there's a button at the top to get on the webinar. Um, and you'll kind of see the process of what we put people through and how we help them scale their businesses. If they're in coaching, consulting, service-based business, whatever it might be, um, that'll be really valuable. And if you guys want to just connect with me personally. Just hit me up on Facebook. So facebook.com slash Chris A. Evans. Yeah, guys, go check him out. That's he it, man. A fucking badass of a human being. Go check out <laughs> trafficandfunnels.com. And, dude, thank you so much for taking the time to do the show today. Uh, hope we get you back on in the future. Yeah, absolutely. I'd love to come back. And, man, I really appreciate the time. And hopefully this was valuable for, 
for your peeps. Oh, for sure. I'm sure they, they're going to get a ton out of this. So, guys, go listen to everything Chris said. Listen to this twice. It's got some valuable information out there. And uh, just, you know, get in touch with him. I'm sure he'll, I'm sure he'll be down because he's always been like that with Do me it. and everyone else. Take care, dude. Have Absolutely.